Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy, Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. A one, a two, a one, two, three, four. <laughs> Another beautiful day on the Victor Bravo Go course. The sun is shining, the birds are about, and there's a sudden pause in the crowd. Michael Michelson steps up to the tee box. 15th hole here, driver's recommended. <laughs> oh, is he a caveman? Because it's suddenly clubbed that one. What do you reckon, George? <laughs> I mean, did he hit that with the dictionary? Because that was a terrible read. <laughs> well, g'day. This is golf. A very good episode for you today, Craig Parry. Just before we begin, how's your club? What's going on? Are they doing work? Is there a master plan? Is everyone excited? Do some people know more about what's going on than others? Does everyone have an opinion? Well, Craig Parry lives in that world. And you know Craig Parry, right? 23 wins around the world. He's won in America. He's won in Europe. He's won everything in Australia there is to win except for the Australian Open. He won a couple of PGAs. uh, And he's now turned his hand to course design. So... That's his thing. And he's doing the bunker plan at that course that I play at. That's Long Reef. It's on the northern beaches of Sydney. And uh, look, mate, we've had problems with our bunkers for years. So he's come in and he's changing everything. And as you'd expect, you know, it's a golf club and there are lots of opinions. And, well, opinions are a bit like noses and everyone's got one. But this is most definitely the world he lives in. We usually start, for this podcast, uh, with how did you come to the game of golf? But, mate, I thought, Craig Parry, we've already had that discussion. We've got a terrific podcast with him um, from a little while ago. You can find, if you like. So I thought, why don't we start with how did you come to golf course design? So this is Craig Parry. Very fortunate to talk to him. He's an absolutely lovely human being, and he was called Popeye because his forearms are big. And while we're sitting there chatting, I just couldn't help look at them and go, my God, they're like tree trunks. So this is Craig Parry. He's fantastic. I'm sure you're going to enjoy this. I was always interested in design, even from a very young boy, Um, five years of age. I used to write on you know, pieces of paper, you know, layouts of golf courses. I used to have a, um, a, a tea towel from St Andrews uh, of the whole golf course and, you know, look at the, the way that the routing of the holes went and, 
you know, it, it just in my mind, I've always just enjoyed it. And, you know, even going through my professional career, I, I started to take photos of nearly every hole from about 1994 onwards when I'm playing the PGA Tour. So, what, so you would have a, you'd carry a camera in your bag and stop and go, in the practice rounds or in the... In, in the practice rounds, yeah. So every practice round I would take a, a photo of the tee shot, the second shot, uh, if it was a par four, might be a, a, a approach on a par five or it might be just the single shot on the par three. And I would have them as a screensaver going on, on the computer when I was in the hotel so I would actually get knowledge of the golf course of what I'm actually visually going to see before I actually go out and play. But I actually use those as knowledge of, you know, great holes that I've played. Okay. So, it was the, so that was homework? So yeah. back, that, back then it was homework? It was, it was homework, but it, it's actually also um, worked into, if I want to think about a, a, in design nowadays, of, you know, a location or a way a hole might play, uphill, downhill, side hill, and I'll remember about a certain hole that might be in Japan or America and, and, and put it all together, and then that way you actually get the, the best outcome. Okay, so let's go back to fart when you were five and drawing pictures of golf courses. I, what, like, why would you even think of doing that as a five-year-old? It's, and did you put the sun in the corner? <laughs> you know, I probably, I, I don't know if I put the sun in the corner, but I actually did, just did the, the layout um, of holes. You but, know. but, what, but why, why were we doing golf courses then? Like what? It's just something that I liked. Right. It was just something that, um, that I enjoyed doing. And, you know, there were golf courses that I played at in Melbourne. Um, my very first golf course was Melton uh, Valley. And the first time I played there, we had the old oil uh, scrape greens. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, my first membership was at Sunshine Golf Club. And that had been moved around a bit. So, um, you know, when I was about 10 years of age, I actually joined Sunshine. And, uh, you know, that was redesigned uh, twice and then I got to redesign it myself across on the ring road um 2005 right so how was that was it now so this is interesting that you got to redesign like your first golf course and your first golf club because you would have been emotionally and spiritually attached to what was there how hard was it to change it and um no it wasn't real hard to change it because I knew we were doing the right thing for the golf club they were able to sell the, the golf course and, and move across oh, the okay, road okay. to go. Oh, to, so they actually right, they okay. moved across the road to a, a, another location yeah. on the Ring Road, and uh, we got to use the, the buildings that were there for the CSIRO. CSIRO. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Smart people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, the, around the perimeter of the golf course had sandstone rocks, well, big, big blue rocks, and. Um, uh, they were built by the convicts and we incorporated them out in the golf course as well. Okay. So, you know, around some of the holes we've got these uh, rock walls coming into play. How important is it to incorporate what is there and to reuse it? Absolutely vital. Uh, you, you should use all of the things that are actually available that are natural in the area. Um, the convicts built the, the walls, so don't go pulling down any of the walls. And we tried to emulate a couple of the walls out in the golf course itself on certain holes. And, um, you know, you'd have a rainy day where the, the machinery couldn't get moving, but they could lift up a rock and go and place it where, okay. you know, just like the convicts did. Yeah, right, yeah. They weren't too <laughs> happy with me yeah. at that point, but 
Yeah, no, it was good. Were you going, wow, this could be, this is the old me. I should be channeling my grandpappy. <laughs> <laughs> not quite, not quite. Um, do, do, so what's the, what's the actual process? So, so I'm a member at Long Reef and we're sitting at Long Reef now. It's a drizzly old day. You're literally halfway through the plan, a bunker plan. So what's it like when someone comes to you with their master? Like, do they come to you with a master plan or an idea of what they want? What's the actual process? And not just Long Reef, but, but any, everyone. Um, golf courses, each, each golf course has got a little bit different um, as far as wanting what they want. You know, some golf courses only want, you know, fairway bunkers uh, to be looked at. Other golf courses will say, look, we want the whole golf course to be looked at. Uh, here at Long Reef, it was a matter of looking at all bunkers on the whole golf course. So it's fairway as well as green. Um, bunkers, do we need to have them? Do we, are they relative to the, the golfers that we've got coming playing here? Um, do we need to add more bunkers on certain holes? Um, for example, the third hole here at Long Reef, we added a new bunker uh, down around the, yeah. the back of the, the corner of the, the um, dog leg. Yeah, why? Well, it's, it's more to, to influence the better golfer. Yeah. So the better golfer would get on that tee and hit, say, three wood over the top, not see the fairway bunker that's already there and not worry about the little chip shot going up to the green. Whereas nowadays, the, the bunker's in there and they hit it into that bunker. It's a really dif- difficult shot. Um, whereas the, the, the higher handicap, he's not going to hit it in that bunker unless he's hit a really poor second shot. Shanked it. <laughs> yeah, e- e- exactly. So, um, you know, bunkers are, are there to penalise bad shots, but also to, to show you how to play the hole. Okay, so when you say that to show you how to play a hole, are they to lead your eye in a certain direction to like to miss that bit or? Yeah, it's to either keep you out of a, a, um, a bunker, um, stay away from me. For example, um, the second hole here at Long Reef, uh, we had two bunkers on the right hand side of the green. Now we're down to one bunker, mm. and if you're a higher handicapper and you don't hit it in the green side bunker, you can hit it just short of the green and then just chip up onto the green and you, you, you're never going to hit it in that bunker itself. Whereas if you try and land it on the green and flag high, that's when the bunker comes into play. Okay. Who are you... Who are you... Des- I think I know the answer to this. I think, there's a, I think there's two answers to this. Okay. Who are you designing for? Are you designing for the high handicapper or the low handicapper? And it seems like an obvious question, but I'm not convinced it is such an obvious question. It's actually both. It's actually the bunkers that are in front of greens, they affect higher handicappers because a good golfer will get up and hit it straight past it and never ever hit any bunkers that are short of the green or long of the green. They only ever land flag high with the, the, the hole location. So the, the bunkers that affect good players are different from the bunkers that affect higher handicap. <laughs> you didn't say bad players. No, 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 there's no such thing as bad players. Bullshit. I was one today. Yeah, anyway. So the, the fifth hole, for example, uh, here at Long Reef, well, we had two bunkers going into the green Yeah. Uh, that were short of the green. Now, a scratch handicap is never going to hit it in those bunkers short of the green, whereas the higher handicappers are going to hit it in. Yeah, They're all gonna, all gonna, always going to be affected by it. So now that we filled the bunkers in short of the green and put a bunker up, middle way of the green, in the midsection of the green, that affects the good player. Uh, and that's what it needs to be. It, too many golf courses have had bunkers put in and there's no thought pattern to the strategy of actually playing the golf course. And here, especially at Long Reef, you have the, the weather is an element. 
you know, today it's raining, but most of the time the wind will be blowing from some direction. If it isn't, you know, go out and have a great day and in, enjoy your round. But in general, you're going to have to be allowing for wind. And, you know, I think that's fantastic. I mean, I, I love this property. I think it's a wonderful property. So when you say that it's affecting... Phone calls, Jesus. Um, when, when you look at a course, what do you see, like? Do you see shapes? Do you see uh, rolling hills? Do you like? How do you actually see it in your mind's eye? I see everything is moving, rolling. Um, you know, I'm going back to here at Long Reef, the 18th hole, off the right hand side, and where the old bunkers were between the fairway and the practice fairway. You know, that used to be pretty plain Jane through there. It used to be very flat, whereas nowadays there's soft undulations, there's slight mounding. And when I talk mounding, I talk mounding of only, you know, a metre high, not mm. five metres high. And, you know, you'll be able to play off it and actually just have a difficult little shot okay. rather than make it impossible. All right. Are you inspired by... Because I know, like, so Thompson Woolridge came through here years ago and did, did all the mounting on the 17th? 16th. Um, no, no, 17th. Oh, hang on. Oh, no, I know they did 17. 16 is the new mounds. Oh, right. So, yeah. so just if, if oh, yeah, you've sorry. never been... If you've, no, it's oh, fine. Because yeah. I didn't want to ask you about that, but um, uh, not that long ago they had to move a stack of dirt here. So I guess, I guess this is the question. Yeah. Do you see things on golf courses that you go, holy cow, how did that happen and why did that happen? And, and, and an example might be... That at the, between the 15th and 16th holes at Long Reef, they had to move a stack of dirt because they dug a um, they dug a hole and filled it with water, and there's a stack of mounds there. And I don't know anyone who's thrilled. I've never heard anyone go, "Oh my God, I love the mounds." So, so there's two parts of this. One is, you, do you see things that possibly she? It, it annoys me. It really does annoy me doing construction on a golf course, but someone does the construction and you you look at it and you go what were they thinking mm. and probably in the last five years of my playing on the pga tour i would get on a hole and i'd i'd look at the hole we're playing and i go what <laughs> this know, is on the pga this tour is on the pga tour and my brother would say look forget it you've got to play the hole as it is right. but it would drive me absolutely bonkers like do you have an example of that I was actually playing with Jack Nicholas at Memorial. Isn't that his course? It, it's his course. <laughs> and we were playing and um, I was doing a little bit of work at the Australian at the time for the golf club. And um, I was telling him about, you know, a couple of tee locations that, you know, we'd put in. And uh, he asked me, he said, is there anything about here you don't like? And we just happened to be, we were playing in the tournament and we're walking along the uh, seventh hole. And um, I said to him, see this bunker on the left-hand side here, Jack? I said, I actually don't agree with it. And he looked at me like, this, hey, you, know, you don't agree with it? What, do you, what don't you agree? And I said, well, look, it's too deep as you leave the fairway and it actually gets shallower as you go wayward. I said, if you hit a wayward shot, shouldn't you get more of a penalty than someone who just misses a fairway and he's missed it by a yard and he's in behind one of your big faces in a bunker? He's gone, hmm. <laughs> so we, I come back the very next year to the tournament and um, Jack finds me. He hunts me out. And he knows I've had a practice round. 
He says, uh, he says, what do you think? Well, I said, what do you mean? And he says, what do you think about the bunker on seven now? And I said, I like what you've done. Right. You'd forgotten, hadn't you? No, I hadn't forgotten at all. At all. Okay, so, so it's interesting. So if you're... Uh, if you're happy to give your opinion to Jack Nicholas, and he asks for it... No, well, he asks for it, yeah. Yeah. So how... Because it's really interesting with a golf club. So, it, you know, middle-aged people with money and, and opinions, how dangerous is our level of knowledge for, for, our, reaction, for our reaction to what we see? It's very dangerous. Um, you know, as, as far as committees, boards looking at actually making changes to a golf course, they should actually get professional advice. And if they don't like the advice, go and get some more professional advice. Okay. Um, you know, because there's plenty of architects out there and not all the architects do a good job. Um, you know, what I don't agree with in some architects, someone else will say, no, they do a good job. And, and it's just personal opinion. And, and that's all it is. Right. Um, you know... I, I, will, I want to know off the golf clubs that I deal with what they like and what they don't like. Mm. And if they don't like something, I want to know because I don't want to do that type of work again. Okay. Uh, and, you know, I, I know with the work that I do, I'm pretty bloody proud of, at the end of the day, all the golf clubs will say, look, our golf course has improved. It's much better. Everyone enjoys it and, you know, going and do the next job and that's probably why I'm looking after 20 odd golf courses right and I'm not going back work left right and center okay so do, do where does the golf course design Craig Perry design rate versus your playing career I think it'll actually I think it'll be better than my playing career wow um you know like Teven I don't know if you've played no, Teven yet no I haven't played Teven but I met the um the super up there at a uh, lawn conference. Oh, he told and, me about this. Yeah, lawn, lawn Solutions. Lawn Solutions. And he, he goes, he, he, buddy, are you coming up to Teve? And I said, no, but I'm, oh, no, I'm talking to you. So, And he's, he's, I said, what's it like? And he said, we have the best greens on the east coast of Australia. Yeah, yeah. So Paul Gumbledon and Bobby Simmons, um, they constructed Teven. Uh, Bob Simmons used to be 2IC at Kingston Heath. So he knows what he's doing, building greens. Yeah. And Gumbo worked with, with Bobby. And uh, we've got a great relationship, the three of us. And I'm able to put it down on paper and they're able to implement it all. Uh, we did a fantastic short game at Cromer uh, over the last summer. Uh, very, the members are very happy with that one. So at the moment, I'm actually working with them at Ballina, uh, redoing the fourth green. We've in, been on construction for about a week so far. So uh, they're great to work with yeah. and we just all get on really well and we just love doing the construction. Yeah, no, he was hilarious. <laughs> he's, 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 he, he, he's a bloody hard worker. Yeah. Very hard worker. Well, so how hard, I mean, how hard is it to, to actually go into someone's, and, and this is really what I wanted to, why I wanted to talk to you, to go into someone's, the place that they love. Like this is a club, right? It's a club and people come here and they talk and they love it and they, they're fully invested. They spend money to be here and... And then they go ripping it up, right? And to change things, how hard is that for you? I mean, I know uh, it's your it, job, but... It's, it, that part of it's not hard. The hard part is getting the trust from the members mm. to actually make a change to the golf course that they love. Because they wouldn't join here if they didn't love the golf course. Mm. 
So, and you're going to go and change their golf course that they've been members at for sometimes many, many years. Um, it's you need to to get a little bit of a um, a credibility of what you're actually doing. Like the the first hole that we did, fill in the bunker on the right hand side, just short of the green there. Redoing yeah. the second. Yeah, so that was you, a big change. Slow, slowly, slowly. Yeah, but it was a, that was a big change, and it was everyone's like, oh my god. Oh. Yeah, yeah, but as the first hole, you you want a hole where you can get everyone away and not slow up play, and that's really what the the, the, the brief was. We want golfers to actually keep playing and and you know not be held up by bunkers and having to rate bunkers here and there. So, okay. you know, no matter which golf course you go into. Um, you have to get that credibility as far as, look, we're improving our golf course. Wakehurst. Yeah. You know, we've done nine greens up there at the moment. You know, eight of them are out in the course and one on the practice area. Uh, and now that the members are that fully vested in, you know, what are you going to do next year? Okay. You know, when you're coming back to okay. to do more work. And, and it's a bit of, you know, pain for them having to play the temporary greens for, mm. you know, three or four months of the year. And, but once... That it all grows in and they're playing them again. They're like, this is fantastic. So, I'm actually really lucky that all the golf clubs are actually more or less giving me free run now on what I want to try and achieve. Okay, I did. I have noticed that um, with the members here, if, and I've seen you here a lot. You know, in the distance. Remember one day I was hitting, hitting off the ninth and see this bloke walking past with his dog and I was going to say to him, mate, no, you can, it's a golf course, there's no play. I've gone, that's Craig Perry. <laughs> so, but you're here a lot. Yeah, I'm here nearly every day. And um, I look, I love the golf course and uh, I think this is going to be pretty special when it's mm. all done. Do you have a, if a dancer has a signature move, you know, do you oh, have no, a... <laughs> <laughs> do you... <laughs> Do you have a signature design feature? Uh, philosophy would be no bunkers in front of greens, would be my motto. Um, the only time you would put it in front of a green is on a par three or, or short, um, would be having a short shot into the green. But I like to have my hazards to the side okay. to penalise wayward golfers rather than golfers that hit it straight. Okay. What about, um, so we're talking about sort of turf a little bit what about the turf and the importance of what turf is where uh, for, f- depending on where it is obviously um, I don't mind Cooch I don't mind Kai um, the Santorano is a, a great grass to hit off but what I find with the Santorano it actually makes the golf courses play really short mm. and golf courses that are struggling with length you don't want to put Santorano out and get another 100 metres of roll you're better off putting Kaikui out there and and actually stopping it and, you know, you can actually get the golf course playing longer. And so is that why this is Kai here, do you reckon? No, it's a, it, it was always Kai, oh. um, as far as I know. And, um, you know... Well, you know, there's people who... There's, there's members that you play with, and they go, well, now you see, I've got a bit of cooch up here on nah. 17, and we should, the whole place should be running. And, and again, there's that thing of opinion. So that's the... Everyone's got an opinion, yeah. and especially as a member, yeah, yeah. they all think they've got the right to an opinion. Yeah. And they well, might, do, do, don't, and don't they have the right to an opinion? But just They don't need to be heard, though. <laughs> 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 it's my wife. My wife's a beauty. She, she'll, say, she'll say to me, um, look, they're, they're, they've got the right to be have an opinion because they're members of the golf club. I'll say, yeah, that's right, but they haven't played, you know, a thousand golf courses yeah. all over the world 
and know what's right and what's wrong. Yeah. And what's going to work and what's not going to work. You know, for me, I haven't got a, a biased bone in what's going to be um, best for me as a golfer because I don't care anymore. I'm not a golfer. Right. I, I, Are you I, still playing? I, I haven't played in quite a while. Right. But I actually know how to make a golf course hard and I know how to make it really easy, but I know how to make it fair as well as difficult when you want to make it difficult. Okay. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Can you can can this golf course be made harder simply by the, um, jazzing up the greens and, and where the pins are? Is that the new secret? Absolutely. And, and is that part of the part of your plan with the with the staff? Yeah, you can you can make any golf course very difficult um, by your hole locations and looking at the weather f- uh, forecast you got and putting your, your your flags over on... So if you've got a, a northerly wind in, for example, in summer, you know it's going to be hot and humid and, and probably blowing late in the afternoon. If you want to make it difficult, put everything over against the side of a green It's that's going to be playing downwind uh, and just make it really difficult. Um, get yeah. it three metres from the side and you can make it as hard yeah. as you want. Just, just back to that signature move idea, do you have... Is there a bunker shape... Or a mounding, you did say you like your mounding to be like a metre or so. And it's interesting watching you um, talk to someone today while you're on the golf course. And there's lots of hand movements. Almost, and it was literally almost like dancing. Like, so that's the flow of the, you know, it's like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, this, yeah. and it's not, because it's a visual medium that you're trying to discuss, I suppose. Yeah, well, that's right. I mean, uh, a signature bunker would be like a peanut shape. If you, you have that type of bunker. I like to have bunkers that, it, when you enter the bunker, a maximum of six metres of raking. Yeah. So, so if you go into the bunker, you only got to rake six metres, so you play your shot, you're not holding up the grip behind, so you can get in and out of the bunker quickly. Um, you find that they're going to do a good rake job on that. If they have to go more than that five or six metres... Is that the number? Yeah, that, that is a number. Um, they're not going to do a good job because they're holding up the group behind, they're holding up the players they're playing with and they're going to have to rake the whole bunkers just so they've got a 14-metre walk-in from the side to get to where their ball is. Yeah. That all takes time and takes time on raking it and they're not going to do a good job. Okay. Do we need to learn how to rake bunkers? Like, do we should we be raking... Like, you you talk to pros or they'll say you've got to rake 
from the back. You've got to push it back, push the sand back into the middle. And, you know, people get really shitty about... Yeah, some people do. I'm not that pedantic about okay. it. Um, I figure that if you hit a, a bunker shot out and you just rake it as good as you can, I, I try and do it on an angle, on about 45-degree angle. So if the ball's coming in, it's not going to sit in the, the rake mark and Radio. make it reasonable for the next one. There, that's what I would want. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Well, maybe that's the way to do it. Are there other things that we don't, that as golfers, we don't know that you do know in terms of design? Oh, I don't know. So, for instance, like that, so that six metre rule, is it, that's really interesting. Yeah, that's just my unwritten rule okay. that I have with all my bunkers that I design. I try and have it as maximum of, of six metres to physically get in and out of the bunker. So, from the playing zone on the bottom. Okay. Uh, and and a, do you think you'll be known as. Craig Parry, the bunker guy, or are you looking to greens and tees? And, and I just say that because literally here it's, it's Long Reef's bunker plan. Yeah, that's right. It, it is the bunker plan. And, um, you know, I haven't had to do anything as far as the greens are concerned because I actually like the, the style of the green, the you know, soft undulations. And there's enough movement out there to tell you they don't make it, need to make them any more severe than what's already there. And when it's all said and done, the the shape um, is, is large enough to accommodate all the golfers that you do have here, yeah. which is which is good. Um, as far as my design, look, I don't mind if I'm the bunker guy. I don't mind. It doesn't bother me. Okay. Uh, I just want golf courses to look back and say, well, look, our golf course improved because he was here. Yeah. What about um, dealing with committees and them, and this is generally in general, the, and the master plan? Because they're so excited about the, the master, you know, like, and it doesn't matter, Royal Canberra, it doesn't matter. Newset, you know, like, they're, they're all jazz, jazzed up on them. <laughs> we got a master plan. Yeah. Um, <laughs> some golf courses need master plans. Mm. Other golf courses don't need master plans. It depends, one, with the super that you got, board that you have, the general manager that's involved, the ground staff, um, some golfers just don't, golf courses just don't need it and others really do because every time there's another board meeting, the golf course is changing Yeah. and it's changing because of one of those board members, not for the benefit of the actual whole golf club uh, and they may be making the wrong decision. Is there a course that you're most proud of that you've done and you've done... I mean, a lot. Uh, you know, Bayview, Cabramatta, Hidden Valley, Coinda Waters. Um, Derrimut, I see on the lists now of the top, you know, 50 golf courses. So Yeah, Mount Derrimut was really good. Um, and, and that was the course that I grew up in. Um, well, redesigned with Pacific Coast Design, Phil Ryan. Um, that's, that's come out really good. That was a complete redesign, um, new property. And we had to work in with what the... the topography of the land was. Um, Teven I'm very <coughs> excited about. You yeah. know, the, the top 100 golf course for a nine hole and to be in the first top 100, um, first one in there. And the quality of that golf course is just absolutely amazing. And it, it, when you first play the front nine, you go, well, that was pretty easy. And then you play the back nine and it's like, wow, where did this come from? Hang on, but it's the same nine. Different tees. Yeah, right. But the, the, the angles change ever so slightly, and the length of the holes changed slightly as well. But it will just blow you away how it changes so much. Okay. From front nine to back nine. The whole locations haven't changed, 
but it's just really cool how it happens. Oh, okay. And, you know, the, I was speaking with Paul only last week and um, he was telling me how many people are coming down from the Gold Coast and actually going and playing it. So, you know, that's good hours drive plus yeah. to get down to, to play a little nine-holer and sit on the, the bank of the clubhouse and watch people come in. Yeah, it's weird. I mean, we were just in Crescent Head and they're talking to two guys... And they were saying how good it is, and I'd say I never, I would never play there. And then actually playing it, just for six holes, right? It's the only six-hole course that's PGA rated. It was unbelievable. It was unbelievable. Like it was fantastic, but but weirdly tiny and but still fantastic. Yeah, well, look, golf was normal. Golf clubs, um, you don't have to have eighteen holes mm. anymore. Okay. I, I, I think it's. You know, everyone's time poor. You know, uh, business people don't have, you know, five hours plus to wait around and play on a Saturday when they've got the kids' school sport or or just sp- sport in general. Yeah. They've got other things to do. Are there any courses that <laughs> don't need to be changed? I'm sort of thinking about, say, New South Wales or Kingston Heath or places that... Are, should there, Are there some courses that should just be left alone? I'd say Royal Melbourne. Royal Melbourne composite course, as it is. So, and so literally just leave the composite course as it is, as it, and maybe some places like St Andrews and, you know, Hoylake or something, to just leave them as a great example of what was. Yeah, a- absolutely. Um, I, I think the older style of golf course um, should always remain as it is. And the weather is going to come in at some point and make it very difficult to play. And I really don't care that what score wins a golf tournament. I don't care if it's 20 under par or it's two under par or if it's 10 over par. The best score is still one. Yeah. And to keep the golf courses as they are, I think, is a great asset. Eventually, they might bring the golf ball back in distance and that will make a big difference. And are you, would you be a fan of that? Absolutely. Absolutely. The, the young guys just hit it way too far. Uh, and it's not an old guy, just... You know, griping about how far the young guys hit it, they yeah. they do hit it too far. Right? Do you ever do you ever actually go? You know, and I was playing in the Balladas. Uh, and, uh, no, no. and what ball did you play? Like, did you play the Top Flight uh, Two Thousand or whatever think, it was? Or the... I think everyone's played a Top Flight and a Hot Dot and <laughs> Status and everything like that. Yeah. But um, no, I, when I was on tour, I was um, the Royal Max Fly, uh, which was a pure Ballada ball. Yeah. And um, then I ended up going to the Callaway. Okay. And then finally, so, and I'll just bring this to, back to Longreef and that almost uncomfortable moment when we mentioned the mounds, the new mounds. What would you do there? I'm not sure if that's part of your brief, but... Uh, we are going to get up into the mounds on to 16 and uh, we're going to start with the first couple. Uh, not the perimeter mounds, but the ones inside and, and redo those and get those to a, a position where the members will go, wow, this is really good. So I'll, I'll, if we come back in another year's time yeah. and um, have another chat about those mounds, you'll go, don't the mounds look good? <laughs> <laughs> and the fairway. Right. Well, yeah, I'll be Jack Nicholas. okay? I'll be you. <laughs> yeah, you'll be able to look, look me yeah. out and just go, okay, what do you reckon? Well, it, it is really interesting because I, I actually haven't heard anyone say anything negative about the work that's been done or the speed with the work that's been done and all that, and talking to the ground staff who are day-to-day on it, 
um, they're all really happy as well. So, you know, and they're talking about the time it's going to take for the bargains to bed in and, you know, it's really, it's actually really good. It feels like everyone's invested. Yeah, it is. And the members have been fantastic um, because we are coming in here and changing their golf course. And I'm mindful that they did join the club because they, they really like their golf course and I'm just trying to make it better for everyone. And um, hopefully that'll be the case at the end of it. I'm sure it will be. And, um, you know, I want to be able to, you know, walk around and, and not be yeah. <laughs> a dartboard for is people to go, look, you stuffed up our <laughs> golf course. Is it, just sorry, one last question. Of all the photos you've taken, of all, like, so since 94, I think you said, you've been taking photos of golf holes. Is there a best golf hole in your mind? A best golf hole? Oh, jeez. Um, I would love to be able to do a hole like 17 at St Andrews where you actually hit over a wall yeah, yeah. and then you have the rock wall at the back of the, the, the green there with the road and you have the road hole bunker. Uh, I went to New Zealand and, and had a look at Jack's Point and that goes over a little sheep's yeah, yeah, it's fantastic. paddock. It was yeah. brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Um, North Berwick, I don't know if you've ever played there but it, have a look at North Berwick. It's got a, I think it's a 14th hole, it has a rock wall that goes just on the other side of the actual wall and the fairway. You've got to hit it as close as you can to the, the wall and then chip it across. Um, you know, quirky, yeah, I think it's really good design. So quirky and so quirky is memorable. So is it about being memorable? Um, yeah, in, in a good way. Not in a, um, a bad way where you'll have a, a green that is unplayable as far as t- too much slope on the green or a poor bu- poorly positioned bunker, um, bunker leading away from you, the, the, the shot itself. Um, yeah, just someone's thought about making it a down, down slope to hit out of a bunker. Well, what can they make it an upslope? You know, they're the things that just irk me. Yeah. Well, I'd love to be in your brain as you go and play golf, and I hope you do get... No, you wouldn't. (laughs) Hey, listen, I really appreciate your time. It's very generous of you. No worries, Andrew. Thank you. Thanks, Craig. Cheers. So there he is, Craig Parry, the man who told Jack Nicholas what was wrong with his bunkers and more. I really hope you enjoyed it. If you've got a story to tell or you know someone with a great golfing pedigree and um, things to share... Contact me on Instagram at Andrew Datto. Otherwise, I hope you continue to enjoy the podcast. I really like having you on board. See ya. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.